right. So um, if you're if you're looking on the platform right now, PJ's with me. Um, uh, Matt Kirkman is here. Freddie Hall, right? Kevin Thomas, uh, Chris McMurray, and Ron Jefferson here on the stage with us this morning uh, because we're going to be talking about the mailman, the mailman, and the particular title today is this 3D dimension, this, these, all these dimensions of the mailman. And we'll be talking about the spirit, the soul, and the body. And uh, so right up front, this is how I sort of look at these kind of things. I'm going to tell you some things from my heart, what I've studied. Um, we're going to share wisdom with you from me and from us. But it's really up to you to sort of know God for yourself, right? If anything is said here that you really don't feel like God is ministering to you about, then you be the judge of your life. That's what we, we want you to have, that relationship with him, all right? And for those of you also watching us online, we say the same thing to you. So all the men, catch your breath and let's go. You ready to go? The three dimensions of the male man. The three dimensions of the male man is his spirit, his soul, and his body. His spirit, his soul, and his body. Genesis 1 gives us the best clue when it said, let us make man. God said, let us make man in our image and let him or let them have dominion. He talks about this all over the scripture. So we need to make sure we understand right up front that God gave his spirit to the male man, but it's the same spirit he gave to the female man. There is no male Holy Spirit or female Holy Spirit. It's just one. So both, both men and women have the same spirit of God in us. So whatever a man is called to do, a woman can do the same thing. He did not separate that. So we have to get that straight. And you don't necessarily need to argue with ignorant people. But there comes a time when you should ignore ignorant people. Just ignore them. You don't have to argue with them. You don't have to build your case. All you men up here smile now and take notes because they're looking at y'all too now today. Uh, so when someone says a woman shouldn't vote <laughs> or a woman can't preach or a woman can't lead a business, a woman can't be a surgeon, and we need some of y'all to go into medical school to be surgeons, females. We need you to do it. Break that, break, that, break that thing where people say women can't do things. It's absolutely untrue. Absolutely untrue. And thank God most of the women in our lives have not listened to that at all. <laughs> they just ignore it. They go on. They go on to build businesses. They go on to do amazing things. And they ignore ignorant people, right? But there's something different we want to talk about today. Not the spirit, capital S. We want to talk about that small s. There are a couple of scriptures that come up when it comes to this small s of God. And I'm going to get back to those points here in just a minute. But there's something that comes up in the small s of who we are, men. Romans 8, 15. I'm going to come back to those points in just a moment, guys. Romans 8, 15 says these words. For you did not receive the spirit, cap, I mean small s, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit, capital S, of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the spirit himself. Now read this with me. 
The Spirit himself does what? Bears witness with what? Our spirit that we are what? So there's a capital S spirit, which is the spirit of God that everybody has. But men, we have it too. We have the Holy Spirit in us. But if that second spirit does not agree, if that second spirit, small s, doesn't agree with the first spirit, capital S, we're in trouble. Get what I'm saying? So there's something in us that's different from the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to pay attention to. When you, be, when you become saved, you get spirit-filled, whatever that is called. The Holy Ghost is looking for the real man inside you. Because they have to agree before you can accomplish anything. Got it? So the Holy Spirit, capital S, agrees with your spirit, the man's spirit. And I'm going to tell you just in a second what that is. So now the second verse is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Okay, let's read this one. Let's read this one. Now may the God of peace himself do what? Sanctify you completely. And what does it say after that? Your whole spirit, small s, not the Holy Spirit inside you. May he make your whole spirit, soul, and body do what? Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a small spirit in you that is equally as important as the capital spirit in you men. And that's why men have to pray. We have to spend time with God because we want the Holy Spirit to agree with our spirit. So now let's go back to the capital S spirit. Go back to those notes up top, the ones that were in Genesis. So that capital S spirit is simply this. It's his internal part of man that connects with God. So that spirit that comes from him, that's how we connect with him because the Holy Spirit is God himself. So when we have him, we have God. And that literally for us means, like him, men, we are creators. You are a creator of your own world. Men, you don't have to wait for your worlds to be created. You create them. Women, you have this too. You create the world you want to live in. Not only are you a creator, but you're a multiplier. You can make something and then you can make it again. Right? You can now control your own world. Capital S. You can and you should control your own world. Is this too much? Up front, right? You must also rule your world. I'm going to tell you to do this. I'm going to give you this dominion. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to produce something. I want you to reproduce it. I want you to have dominion. And I want you to live in the rulership of your life. That's what was given to us in Genesis 1 and 26, 27. So we don't really have to rely on anything because we have the Holy Spirit. Now, your second spirit, which you were given, 
which you were given before you were born. There was a spirit created just for you, men. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's literally the you that out of 8 billion people living on the planet right now, there was a spirit made just for you. And this spirit is the one that knows you. It knows you. It knows your calling. It, know, it knew where you needed to be born. This spirit knew your mother. This spirit knew the country you'd be born in, the street you'd be born in, the bed you'd be born in, the time you would be born in, the day you would be born on. This spirit, small s, is something created by God just for you. Nobody can have it. Nobody can live that destiny. Nobody can bring to pass what that spirit had in it. Come on, men, talk to me. No one. So say this with me, brothers. I got to take myself seriously. I cannot be open to 70.1 years of life, 2.3 children, and living off my social security somewhere in Boca Raton, which really means big rat. Why would you want to live in a town called Big Rat? In some of those ratty places they have for people to retire. Hey, I'm retired. Come visit me. Man, I'm coming. Where you live? Boca Raton. Got in, my, got in the car, went to the airport, flew there, and did not Google where he was living. And I'm like, man, I can't. You happy in this right here? I'm happy to hang out with you, but I'm going to get a hotel. I'm going to get one. Okay. Actually, that wasn't me. That was my wife. She said, where you at? I sent her a picture. She said, look, I got you a room over here. You can hang out with your friend if you want to, but you ain't staying there. Because if you stay there, I'm going to hose you off in the front yard. You have to leave your luggage out there. And somebody, she says, you're not coming in the house if you're going to stay there with him like that. <laughs> y'all don't, don't even understand what I'm saying. So what I'm saying, men, you can go through life not taking yourself seriously. And it's hard to respect a man and love a man who doesn't love himself. A lot of times when women are fussing at you, they're not fussing at you because women are different from us. We sort of say sort of what we're thinking and we're done. But you can't hear anything from their mouth and know what they're thinking. Because what she said is not really what she's thinking. Y'all don't understand. When she says, I just can't believe it, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, you left again without taking out the trash. Why didn't you take out the trash? She's not talking about trash. She is asking, does my husband feel the responsibility of leading this house? <laughs> so you have to ask her questions. And do not interrupt. And let her finish. And you have to be particular about eye contact. 
tone of voice, body language. However, today is not about pleasing them. So, because brother, just write this down. Don't say it now if you're with your girl. Don't say it. Just write it down in your head. Write it down in your head. I will never please her. Not going to happen. Don't make that your goal. You never please her. Because once you do something, she is, she is insatiable. She will never be filled. She will have another idea. <laughs> okay, I got stuck there, so let me move on. In this spiritual dimension of man, you have really got to hone in on your spirit. Who am I? What's my calling? What are my dreams? What's my desire as a man? Because you're the only one on the planet that can't live without you. Men, you, can, you can't live without discovering yourself. We don't move around from situation to situation because we're restless or because we're dogs or because we're whatever. We move around from situation to situation because we can't find ourselves. Once we know ourselves, we can do whatever we got to do anywhere we are. Anywhere we are. It won't matter. Throw us over the boat in the ocean. We will walk out with a shark skin suit on eventually. But only if we know who we are. Am I making sense? Did I, did I get my points? Joshua's going to be my point police. So here's what this means. Whatever God has given you as your personality, your calling, your vision, or your dream, brother, it's already in you now. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to fast and pray for it. Nobody has to preach to you about it. It's in you right now. It's what you think about when you go to bed and when you wake up. It's in your heart. It's in your head. When God created the fish, there was swim already in the fish. He created the bird that was already fly in the bird. So men, instead of worrying about our calling, we just have to get settled in it. Because this is not the kind of stuff you're going to have to make happen. It's already happened before you were created. Nothing bothers my wife more than when I worry. Because when I worry, I am not attentive. I'm not present. I'm not affectionate. My energy is somewhere else. So a man that's scared, worried, fearful, you might be in love with him and his beard may be trimmed, but don't marry him because his rice ain't quite cooked yet. You want the elevator to go all the way to the top. You want a guy that has faith and can believe that God can do what he showed him. And you want him to believe that you're the right person to do it with. 
Making sense? I didn't want to spend much time on that. I wanted to spend more time on the next subject. But here's my question to the guys that are up here. Here's the question to all the men in the room. How do you remain spiritually strong through those seasons in your life of challenge? How, 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 man, how do, you, how do you remain spiritually strong as life changes around you? That's the question I have for these gentlemen. So, Pastor, I'll kick that off. That's okay. Ron's always the first one. Go ahead, Ron. <laughs> yes, sir. So, as, as you were talking, the thought that came to me was that you can't eat from a table that you never visit. And wow. the word of God, that is a table, uh, that is the entree, that is the dessert, that is the drink. And you have to go there in order to receive the strength that you need spiritually. We were created spirit, body, and soul. Every single one of those needs time. Every single one of those needs food. So we've got to eat from that table to remain spiritually strong. Yeah, for me, I just, uh, I think you have to establish rituals for yourself um, where you address uh, these things where, like, what time, when you go to the table and, and those type of things. And I think that that really helps you through um, where, you're, where you're having challenges. Like, you have a consistent base that you keep on leaning back on. And then uh, also to reaching out uh, to other men um, and, and just other people about, like, don't hide your struggle. Like, be, be open about what you're going through. Don't hide your struggle. What kind of man does it take to not hide his struggle? Life, life is going to give you that. Life is going to give you problems every day. There, life is going to be a struggle. There's no promise that it's going to be easy. But God is not a microwave oven, a quick solution to all your problems. You're going to have to have a strong enough spirit to stay the, stay the, stay the course. Whatever, whatever purpose he has for your life, he's already given it to you. He speaks to you all the time. It's in here. It's, it's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's in your spirit. And you should be walking in that. The problem is that mankind, you know, I, I, I had a problem with walking by sight. But I, and, and the word says, you, you, know, you walk by faith and not by sight. But I said you walk by faith, not by your circumstance. And a lot of times we let our circumstances dictate how we act spiritually and how we uh, abide by things that go on in our life and how we handle those things. And that's why we live an unfulfilled life, okay? Unfulfilled. As men, we have to be filled with the spirit and we have to have that faith in God and walk by that faith and stay the course. Because it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be qu uh, uh, quick. It's called an integrity check. Okay. Anybody else? So, so I, I want to piggyback off of what Matt said. Um, and you look good for 70, sir. Um, but I, I think that for, 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 for men, we all, I think it's easy to say that we have, like, the boys. You know, weekends are for the boys and whatnot that we can go to like the movies, you're going to watch the Super Bowl with them. But not many of us actually have men in our lives that when our breath smells, they hand us a toothbrush. So I totally agree with your question that you mentioned in, in two seconds, literally. Um, Adam was afraid of God, but he never was fearful of him. So when God was walking in the coolness of the day, it's almost that like he became unfamiliar with God checking him. And I know for me, the thing that keeps my spirit right is other men whose spirits are stronger than mine keeping me in check. Because okay. a man without, not friends, not brothers, but men that know how to smell you and say, like, hey, you smell off, 
that is necessary. So uh, just, I, I, I loved what Matt said because a part of the ritual is when you fall. Somebody say, when you fall. When I fall, I can go back to a group of men that are going to treat me better than the police department, treat me better than an insane asylum. These men are going to get me right. Anybody else before we move on? Come on, Barry so White. Barry when, White, go for it. So when, when, when that person comes to you and says, you know what, you don't smell good, I have to say that's because I am struggling with this, not I'm fine. Like, that's facts. You know, I want to be yes, confident. I, listen, I'm a man, all right, period. And that's the way it is. I am strong. I know who God made me. I know what I struggle with. I know my weaknesses. I have absolutely no problem admitting to another man it makes me no less of a man to say I am struggling with this. I lose nothing. You know what I mean? I lose nothing. And the thing is, there are other people's lives that we have to Remember, we that, that are dependent on us, a mother, a, you know, brothers, people that we affect every day that I got to get this right. So let's take my little pride and all of that stuff and get it out the way. Right. That's my good. brother, can you please teach me how do I walk through this? For me, mine are practical. I, I got to make sure that I carve out the time to stay in the word. We all live very, very busy, hectic lives, but we have got to carve out designated time to stay in the word and get rid of distractions, whether it's business, sports, uh, all kinds of things. I got to stay focused on the direction I need to go, especially in those challenging times. So it's really, it's really important that you men that we men be intentional about doing some things we like. Do some things you like. <laughs> Women were shouting a minute ago. Now they're like, huh? <laughs> what? What he say? <laughs> what, what verse is that? <laughs> Go some places you enjoy. Go to some restaurants you like. Do some events you like to do. Watch some movies you like. Because if you don't, how are you going to figure out who you are? Everybody in the house, you're trying to make sure they know who they are. But their real problem that they don't know in your house is that you don't know who you are. Ladies, do us a favor. Encourage your husband, encourage your sons to do something they enjoy. Mm -mm, Pastor, he need to go to work. Yeah, let him go to work. <laughs> but encourage him, buy him something, send him something, let him do that. But I didn't want to stay that long in that. Come on, say the soul of the mailman. It's important that we look at this soul part because we're going to spend probably most of our time here. Let's go through the scripture. The scripture says in Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, right? But rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. What's missing from the, from the trifold here? Spirit is not in this scripture. 
Spirit is not in this scripture because God and God alone has power over capital S and you have the power over small s. So there's no spirit mentioned here, my brother. With your deep voice, say, this is all me. <laughs> yeah, your spirit is all you. Right? But he says you got to fear those who can destroy the soul and the body. The soul, the soul of a man, and, and I want to read it right. They'll put it up on the screen. The soul of a man knows who you really are. Your soul knows who you really are, and then your soul connects you to the world around you. Your soul is the only, your, your spirit knows what your calling is, but your soul knows your mind, your will, your emotions, your decision-making properties. Your soul knows who you truly are, what you can do, your potential, your calling. It knows. It doesn't guess. The other scripture that would be, it knows. It doesn't guess. And, that, and that's why you got to understand when you're listening to your father and the difference in listening to your soul. Because your daddy doesn't know you. Your soul No, this is mine. This is my sermon. Sit down. So it's because we look at life totally differently. Your, your soul, when, he, when your soul comes to talk to you, th this is not a, this is, what's the show on TV where you got to guess? Um, you have family feud. feud. You don't have, you're not guessing. Bah, no, this is not what's happening. This is not what's happening in your life. The soul doesn't guess. When your mind comes to talk to you through the spirit and your will is where a decision is made and you stand strong and then you make a decision, that's not guessing. You got to know where the puck is going to be to win this game. You got to understand Dennis Rodman. When the ball leaves the shooter's hand, he knows where the rebound's going to be. He goes there. Wayne Gretzky says, I go where the puck is going to end up. That's why I score. And what they're really saying is that they trust their own intuition. They trust what's been said to them. They trust their own heart. They trust their own spirit. They trust their own mind. And men... I don't care where you're from or what you're doing. It's happening everywhere. No one wants you to trust yourself. They don't want you to trust on yourself on any real estate deal. They don't want you to trust yourself on any business. They don't want you to trust yourself in your relationships. They don't want you to trust yourself because men, they use us so that we give them our trust and they use our souls. And the Bible literally says in the next scripture, with patience, you possess your own soul. Come on, brother, say it. My soul is mine. Give my soul away. I don't give my soul, I don't give my soul away. <laughs> because your soul never guesses. It doesn't have to guess. It's the only 
thing you've been given that knows you. And he won't lie to you either. Martin, you know you were wrong right there, don't you? <laughs> that was dumb. You know that was really dumb, Mark. Why'd you do that? You know, I just didn't know. Now you know. Don't do that again. Remember, your mentor taught you that. It's in your mind. It's in your memory. Why didn't you set your will? Men, once you hear something that's right for you, set your will. Set it. Don't move from it. Don't move that landmark. If this is the way you operate in business, don't move from it. Even if everybody else is in the room that lie and cheat and steal, don't lie and cheat and steal. If you own a thousand rental houses and all the other people are slumlords, don't be a slumlord. Fix the plumbing if it's leaking. Just because everybody else is doing it, when you get to a place of integrity, be a rock there. Well, you know that's going to get you killed. I'll die here being a man. Then I will Then I will live being some, I won't use that word, someone who's not a man. <laughs> this is where I'm at. <laughs> and then God will reward you out of your own soul. Is this too much, men? Okay. So, uh, when God formed the man out of the dust, he breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. In other words, man became another speaking spirit. And that's different from Eve. When God breathed into Adam, he made Adam another speaking spirit like him. That's why knowing our soul is so important. So, the soul knows, the soul knows who you really are. And it connects you to the world around you. Everything that's yours, your soul is trying to connect you to it every day. So, men, that's why we have to spend time with God first thing in the morning. So that when we wake up, our soul's not all over the place. We're only going after what is in our soul. Everything else we leave alone. Well, they're doing it. Doesn't mean I have to do it. What's the next point? Let's get through these. Man's mind... Is, the, is to produce. This is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Man's mind is to produce and reproduce. That's his mind. That's what he's thinking. Right? Man's will is to serve and protect. That's how it works. Man, men make decisions because they're reasoning with the future. We're reasoning with it. Well, you don't care about me. You don't care about me. I do, and that's why I'm having this conversation. I'm trying to build my family for the future, not just for now. Well, we can go on that vacation now. We can do this right now. I know, but remember we set this goal. This is, this is the goal we set. No, we're not doing that. We want to go over here. We want to do this because I'm looking at it from the future. The basis of where we can be. Pastor Martin, you don't have grandchildren yet. Why have you already paid for their college? Because I'm thinking about the future. So if I'm thinking about, if I'm thinking about I got two children, I'm doing the math, and now both my children will have two kids, I, I need to have college paid for for four kids. And college is about $70,000. So I need that money. How much is four times 70? 
28. Okay, so, so 280. So I, I need that money somewhere for them. But you don't have grandchildren. A man that never sees the future spends the dime today. Yes. Someone said, if you want to travel someplace, you can afford a plane. I said, I cannot afford a plane. Because now that me and Lenny are done with our grandchildren, let's work on the great-grandchildren. You do the math. How many is that? Huh? Where is that money? Where is the future? Now that I'm thinking in the future, it helps me with every loosey-goosey I see. I can't deal with loosey-goosey. Because if I deal with loosey-goosey and go home to her, she ain't putting up with it. I'm out. Y'all know who loosey-goosey is, don't you? That does not work. What have I done? I've killed my future. I've killed her future. I've killed my children's future. over something I didn't even enjoy. And if I did enjoy it, it wasn't more than 30 seconds to three minutes. But because the man I am, I know I wouldn't enjoy it. It would be in my head because I'm a future thinker. Martin, what the blankety blank are you doing here? Who is this person? What you going to tell Callie? It's your soul that makes the decision. I'm coming to y'all with questions. Y'all ready? Okay. So now, men must build and protect their souls. I just wear you out, don't I? The men must protect your souls. <laughs> Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart. Keep your heart. Because that's how you keep your life. Everything comes out of your soul. It doesn't come out of your spirit. It comes out of your soul, your mind. Men, point to your head and say, I have to trust my own mind. This stuff they preach is not how it works. The Holy Spirit said I should go somewhere. When the Holy Spirit tells you something, send it through your mind. Because it could be the Holy Spirit talking to the guy or girl on stage. It, it, it's a possibility it's not even your mind. The Holy Spirit said, the Lord says unto you. No, he talking to you. He is not talking to me. That ain't where my head is. I'm not doing that. I have a mind of my own. Are y'all mad at me? I have a, come on, brother. I have a mind of my own. I don't need no preacher up here telling me what's in my mind. The Lord says you should give $1,000. No, the Lord said I should send you a text message and stop lying on the Lord. Stop lying on the Lord. If the Lord told you to give 1000 you give 1000 You have to trust your own mind. Now, listen to me now. 
Everybody's not going to like it because you're, you're getting ready to switch on them. You're getting ready to switch on them. You've been listening to them. You've been doing everything they say. You've been trying to please everybody. And all of a sudden, you're going to switch. You're going to say, I don't think that's the right thing for me. Then they're going to be like, what you mean is not the right thing for you? Didn't I just tell you what was the right thing for you? And you're going to say, well, no, I, I need to pray about this. I need to think about this. Because you have to have your own soul. It gets dangerous when your soul belongs to someone else. In my TD Vake voice. It, it's dangerous when someone else possesses your mind, your will. They can manipulate you emotionally. And you use that data to make your decisions. Somebody say, heavens no. <laughs> so men, here's my question. How many questions do I have? Put all the questions up, please. So how do you protect and preserve your soul? How do you protect and preserve your soul, your mind? Men, how do you make decisions? How's your way of formulating your decisions? And then, how do you know when you're operating out of a place of health? So let's go number one. How do you protect your soul? How do you do that? How do you preserve your soul and your mind? So, um, you need to do a part two, but I digress. Um, I think one of the most important things for myself and for men are men that know how to worship God flamboyantly. And this is what I mean. Because your soul and your mind is directly connected to the presence of God, it's almost impossible for me to hear anything from God if I haven't been to the table. Because the table for me is on my knees. The, t it, like, the way in which I worship here is like a tenth of what I do at home. So if I'm embarrassed to do it in the place where God can talk to me, then he's not going to talk to me in the boardroom. He's not going to talk to me. We don't have kids yet, but I already know their names. So for, for, for myself, and I would encourage every other man, is what does your worship life look like? Because the word, we sing the songs, this is how I fight my battles. But if you've never done this before, then I don't think that God is able to use us because we haven't truly surrendered. Every day I have a challenge. Every day. And I believe every man in here has a challenge because we have to create. I have to create my income, and that's a challenge. But in order for me to create, I have to have God at the forefront of my life and every aspect of things that I do. I have to have the peace of Jesus on my heart and let that his peace and let what he has the plans in store for me, let him reign. When I go to my job, you know, Pastor Martin said something a long time ago. This place is not big enough for what God has in store for me. Okay, so when I open my door to go into my job, and I open the door and I say, God, you first. And let God go through the door. And then where, I know wherever I'm at, God's there too. But I open the door to be courteous and let God go through first. That way I don't have to worry about who I'm going to follow. Because I know I'm going to be following God. So everything he's going to take me, everything he's going to do, everything he's going to bring to me. Okay, what I've gotten, what I've, how I've benefited from it, 
especially being in this house, okay? This house defines who we are. It helps you to understand and give you a question of your relationship with God and having God in you, not only having you being in God, but God having God in you and operating from that premise to give you strength to keep your soul and your mind in a place of prosperity, abundance, and on purpose. Let God's will and purpose for your life operate ahead of your own mind so that you know where you're on focus. My, mine is a tag on to Freddy's in that finding the house and getting here and understanding the teaching. But even impo as important as that is identifying your man of God. Who is your spiritual father? Who is your covering in your life? I would just add on to what these guys are saying, too, just uh, making sure that your vision is big enough. Um, because if, you, if your vision is too small, um, as men, I think we, we kind of get bored or we, we don't know where else to turn. Um, so you need to make sure your vision is big enough for you like, uh, and keeps your mind working. Like, you know, it, it needs to make you want to get more knowledge, get more wisdom, meet new people. Like, it needs to be really, really big. And, um, again, that, that's what's nice about this house is, like, the, the vision is it's, it's tremendous. Like, it, it's, it's so big. Um, and uh, to your point where, you know, you're plugging in somewhere, I mean, I, this is big enough. Like, I mean, as far as, like, when you think about taking over the world systems, being a disruptor in our world, um, you know, that's what I identify as, is a disruptor. So, um, and, and I'm a rebel with the cause. So, and I, I, need, I need that stuff in my life. So for me, for me, when I think about it, like, my, the vision for myself right now is to be retired from the corporate world but by the time I'm 50. So I need, to, I need to get with it and I need to know it. And I'm on track to do that. So I, I fully believe, so speaking to the soul, like, I, my soul believes that's going to happen. So, so in thinking about this question, um, my, my mind went to authenticity. And here's the thing. Some of us internally have lost our voice. Okay? And we can't afford to be ashamed of who we are, what we want, and who we want to do it with. And so, so we must not be ashamed. We must accept. And we got to be honest. Who closed your mouth? Who told you to stop talking about your destiny, your assignment, your purpose? Who did? There's so many people, so many forces, so many that are speaking to us, telling us what we can't do. But we have to tell them what we can. But we got to start with ourselves. We got to be authentic and we got to be honest with ourselves. Okay. Um, I can. You are done. Okay. I'm sorry. I, okay. So there's, there's a subject of grace. And I've been reading a lot about the subject lately. And when I first came across grace, I saw Noah. And the question is, how do you preserve? So what God had decided is he said, I'm going to destroy all of mankind. But then he looked at Noah and said, and, and, and said, and said, but Noah has found grace in the sight of the Lord. So 
What grace did in this verse, in this passage, is that it preserved him. It saved him, including his family. So, and so we've got to extend, first extend our self-grace, but also we've got to receive the grace of God for our souls. Okay. Rebel with the cause. Okay. Men, how do you make decisions? I just have a question. How many in here grew up on welfare? Yeah, okay, I started the South Omaha Projects. Okay? My mother was a single parent, raising seven kids. Working three jobs. That was the foundation for my attitude and my mindset for how I'm going to deal with life. I was, at a time, in the fifth grade, my soles are slapping on my shoes. I got cardboard in my shoes, rain coming through the, the soles of my feet. And then I found God. God was there, but I had to seek him out and then give myself to him and then let him change not only my circumstance, but my mind and my soul. And then my decisions became clear. The environment I came from, being tech high school, projects, North Omaha, okay, I've been an athlete, everything. I got two artificial hips, okay? God gave the doctors the ability to replace the parts in my hip, but God did the healing, and I'm walking. I'm not limping. I don't have a crutch. I don't have a wheelchair. I walk on my job every day. That's God in my life. And my mind is God. I got to have God in there. I got to have him at the forefront. Because God healed me to keep me on my purpose. Because he has something in store for me. Okay. I walk when I serve. I walk when I'm doing my ushering. I do everything. I work here. I'm an usher. I'm a greeter. I do JTP. I have a purpose for my life. Find your purpose. Find God. Keep him there. You'll, you'll reach your destination. So, so stand up, Miss Freddie. This is your mess right here. You got to deal with all this. Oh, he also gave me a pretty wife. <laughs> In this house. <laughs> okay. Does anybody else want to address that one? The decision-making process. <laughs> How do we make decisions? So, I mean, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but we're talking about the decision-making process as men. See, it's, it's different. I, I would say it's different for us because we, as, as sons, even as husbands, as brothers, we are protectors, we are providers, so the decisions that we make are, are very important, you know? So we have to think about when we're making a decision, you know, a decision-making process, we have to protect our environment in order for us to understand how to hear from God and to hear from God all the time. You might be in a boardroom, and I don't have time to go back into a prayer closet to make a decision. 
I pray for, you know, God, bring me the wealth, bring me all of that. And you already talking about you got to pray. That's where, you know, knowing each, knowing yourself. And then that's the derivative of protecting your environment that you set. And you don't let nothing and nobody, and you give God the first fruits. We're men. We're supposed to set our life, not pray after it's over and then respond to it. You know what I mean? So we're, we're asking God, God, give me peace. God, give me whatever. But I'm tired of, of waking up, going about my day, and then everything happened. And then I come back and say, God, what happened? You know what I mean? So, and that, that inhibits my ability to lead my wife. I don't, you know, when you I have, married, a, if Chris? I don't, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, I am. I've been, hey, listen, man, baby, you hear me? No, I'm saying it inhibits my ability. If I don't go to God first, he is not going to tell me what to say to my wife. And if Chris, the person without God does it, is going to fail miserably every time. So when we're talking about that, Ephesians 5.15, I'll just stop out to that. It says, walk upright and circumspectly. You know, we have to be conscious to not make decisions that are short-term, emotional-based decisions that create long-term effects. The Bible says walk upright and circumspectly. The root word of circumspectly is circumference, and the root word of circumference is circle, meaning every decision that we make are going to come back to revisit us full circle, right? So, you know, it matters, the decisions that we make, but what really matters is we have to protect our intimacy with God. You know, there's God, and then there's me, and I need us to be on the same thing. Because if Chris is trying to do everything, he's going to fail. You negotiate through me. You know, you tell me what to say. You tell me when to go in for a deal to get a contract. You tell me what to say to my mother. How do you comfort and console a woman who lost her husband after 30 years? If I do it, I'm like, you know. But if this Holy Spirit is telling me, go and hug her. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things. I need that. We can't be disconnected, right? I cannot. You know, can't afford it. <laughs> I can't. Was there one more comment on that one? Uh, for me, it's calculating risk, reward, and consequence. But I'm a married man. In my go, house. Go, go back. Go back, white man. Do that again. <laughs> calculating risk. Risk. Reward and consequence. Risk. Risk is not Reward. So what's the difference between risk? Let him keep talking. I am. I just had a question for me. What's the difference between risk? No, and consequence. Well, there's risk in everything. Okay. And there's a consequence for everything too, but it, the consequence might be a reward. Sometimes you have to take a risk to get two steps ahead. It's calculated. It's not, we don't, we don't know the future. Yeah. Okay, and I interrupted you. You said, but you have a wife. But I'm a married man. In my house, there has to be agreement. Agreement. Because I want peace in my home. And, I, and God honors that. Okay. You have a question? Okay. 
So my last question, and you guys going to have to be short on this one, right? But the last question is, how do you know when you're operating from a place of health? You're making decisions from a place. How do you know when you're doing things from a place of personal health? So being newly married, I know when I'm unhealthy, when my wife is worried. Uh, because I'm a worrier. I'm a contemplator. It, I can think on something for days and days and days and lament and go deeper and deeper. And a lot of the areas that I know us men question and think and ruminate and ask God is when we look on the opposite side of the fence and we see the Joneses. So what allows for me to have health, and this is like a four-letter word in the men's community, is spiritually-based counseling and therapy. Okay. And for far too long, I think that we've made this conversation very ugly and messy, but there are some things that I know I need to take to my wife after it's gone through a filter of, like, spirituality. And sometimes it's, it's you, sometimes it's Uncle Kevin, sometimes it's some of the men up here, but sometimes it's somebody with a degree that can share with Joshua the areas where you are insecure isn't your wife. It's when you were seven. So that I don't bring that into the marriage. Uh, the second thing is that understanding what God has called me to build. Because if I'm, only, if I'm always looking at my Lego set and I'm frustrated with what Chris has, I'll always be frustrated because the pieces that he has are not my Lego set. Mm -hmm. But I can't leave what you said. If we said that this is our year that we're postured, that means that as a man, I can't move from what God told me to build. So if the house is 2,000 square feet smaller, I have to be happy with where I'm at. So a part of my personal health as a man is just being happy with the portion that God has given me. Because if I take his portion or his portion, there's a level of grace that he gave Chris that I'll never have because it's Chris's grace. So for me, the foundation is when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I can't do something, I'm quick to say no. But the worst thing that could happen is that now my worry now is shared by a woman that I'm supposed to protect. So my health is connected to how she feels about me. Anybody else on that one? Peace. Peace. Peace of mind. No stress. Okay. Stay in put. Stay in put. You don't move. And don't worry about what you've lost. You can always get it back. And here's the thing. It comes back greater than what you lost. But your mind has to be in the right spot. Your spirit has to be in the right position. Your soul has to be calm and ready to receive what God has. I'm I'm telling you, everything functions. My prayer is, Father, whatever your will for my life be, let it be your will, not mine, so that I can give glory and honor to you. That's all. Simple. There is a, then I act in purpose. There is a thing that happens with us men that when we pray, God instantly answers us. So we have to ask, why doesn't it come? And we had this conversation years ago. People don't know who Freddie is, but Freddie is the number one salesman at Onyx. Every year, he's the number one salesman. People come looking for him. Millions of dollars worth of cars because... He understands something. And that, he has a slogan. I can find a car anywhere at any time for any price. Right. This <laughs> is the truth. This guy has a metrics for buying real estate. This guy, what he's putting together is going to be able to help millions of families get off their jobs in under a year. But all this has been created here. This is our culture. Get over the white and black thing. Just stay. If I upset you because I'm black, close your eyes and listen. I mean, you know, I know what I'm talking about. 
I know what I'm doing. Your ships can only come to you, men, over a calm sea. Men, you can't pray and worry. Men, when you ask for something, God answers instantly. But you got to make sure the sea is calm. It can't be worry and turbulence splashing in the water, <laughs> wandering over here, over there. Was it a good idea? No. Was it a bad idea? No. And your, your woman's not built that way. You're going to be a yes first and a no later probably. She's going to be a no first and a yes later. So you've got to know it so that you can say to her, babe, I know. Uh, trust me on this one. <laughs> Help me work through this. That's how they go. It needs to be a calm sea. You have to believe it. And in your house, if you're married, you need agreement. So however long you need to stay there in reasoning with your spouse, you reason there. You help prove your point. You have to be patient. Make sure to allow her to ask her questions. Okay, let's do this last one. And I'm glad we only have about 15 minutes so we won't get stuck here because this, this is the one people can get stuck on. The body of the male man. You didn't know it had a purpose, did you? So let's, let's, go, let's go through these. The body, listen to me, the body of the male man is the only needed vessel that you have to have to fulfill your destiny here. Men, you need your body. Once you lose your body, you are now illegal on this planet. Once you die, you can't speak into this world. You can't show up as a ghost to your children. <laughs> you can't start a business. You can't buy a property. You can't have children. Once you're out of here, you're out of here. So you've got to do three things with your body. Three things. Your body has to be strengthened. Your body has to be strengthened. Not just your, not just your spirit or your soul. Your body has to be strengthened. Your body has to be challenged. And your body has to be loved. Your body has to be strengthened. We're going to watch the Super Bowl this, this, this evening, I think, right? And we're going to be watching men from all nations who are at the top of their game. Their spirit, their soul, and their body will be on the field. They will be operating at such a level, and we men will watch and go, wow. Women can be cooking and talking, but we're looking at this and we're like, what did that guy do to get in that kind of shape? How much work did it take for him? We watch a guy jump. He can jump 11 and a half feet and touch something up here. Catch a football with one hand and fall on the ground and not hurt himself. In our heads, we're like, dang, what? that would kill me. How did he do that? How did he get in shape for that? How does he prepare his mind to do that. How did that quarterback throw three interceptions and in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, he throws three touchdowns? How did he get that failure out of his head so fast? That's why we watch. We're not watching because we want to play in the NFL. 
We're watching because we're looking at men who have strengthened their bodies, challenged their bodies to lift more than they could, run faster than they could at first. We're challenged by that. And we need that, man, you need that yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself, men die. Men die before their wives. A long time before their wives. In most cases. Because we don't understand the power of taking care of our bodies. You have to take care of your body. Thank you. A lady walking down the hallway today, she said, Pastor Martin, I haven't seen you this close in a long time. How much weight do you, did you lose? Do you mind me asking? I said, no, girl, ask me how much weight I lost. You kidding me? Yeah. I said, what you see? She said, Pastor Martin, you just look good. You mean you lost all that? And I'm saying, I did. Tell me some more. <laughs> I want to be encouraged that she noticed that I lost weight. She's a nurse high-ranking nurse at the hospital, so she notices these kind of things. She says, it's good, Pastor Martin. I was telling you a long time ago, you need to lose weight. I said, we're not going back there. Stay right here. Stay right here that I'm looking good. <laughs> right? We like it when our wives, but some, you know, sometimes I lost 42 pounds, and my wife said a few months ago, I'm just, I'm just noticing again you lost a lot of weight a year or so ago. I said, girl, you need to say that about once a week now. <laughs> about once a week, she said, you look good. You look good. I need that from her. I need her to notice me. By the way, stand up, girl. Y'all got to see this dress. Stand up, girl. Come on, you got to hurry up now. I got to go. I got to go. Watch that, y'all. What is that right there? I said, you going to dress all that fly and you're not even teaching? She said, I'm going to put it on for you. I said, all right, girl. So, so now when, here we go, y'all. A man's body has to be loved. He, he will not live long if he's not loved. And you might have to ask your man how he wants to be loved. His body has to be loved, not just his spirit, not just his soul. His body has to be loved. Right? Now, I'm just going to go right there. Okay. Okay. So, I won't use the word sex. I'll use the word intercourse. <laughs> How do you, sister? How do you? <laughs> Somebody give her a fan. I'm telling you, don't go away. <laughs> it don't go away. <laughs> Everybody be like, I, do people 73 have sex? Yeah, people 85, yeah. 90. Intercourse. Sex is different from intercourse. A man needs intercourse. He needs intercourse. He needs to be with someone that there's a goal of something that's going to be produced after it whether it's a feeling, unity, what is this producing? Intercourse. Sex is all about a feeling. But a man has to be loved. 
Your son has to be loved by his mother, by his sister. He has to be touched. He has to have comments. He needs his sister to rub his head sometimes and say, hey, you're looking good. Right? If he's married, his body needs to be loved. <laughs> Men are so quiet now. <laughs> They're like, hmm, I don't know about all this, Pastor. Trust me, girl. He needs to be loved. Now watch this. Intercourse, they're going to put on the screen so I don't mess this up. Intercourse with a woman is needed by the man because it is his nature to give. Yeah, I know. Produce, <laughs> multiply, and lead. You marry a man and he's young. Here we go. He's young. He can make sex. He can have intercourse before he goes to work. He can meet you in the park and have intercourse at lunch. He can come home for dinner, and before you eat, he can have intercourse. He can tap your shoulder at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, are you awake? <laughs> he can do it in a tornado, <laughs> a blizzard. <laughs> huh? He can do it when you're mad at him. He can perform. <laughs> he can perform even when he's sick. Are there 10 women in the house that just stand up? Ain't no camera on. You say, Pastor, you're talking now. You're talking now. You're talking. Lord Jesus, you're talking now, Pastor. But his need is not always what you think. And be, all the time. Praise God, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Uh, let me go over here. So, it, it, <laughs> he may change as he gets older. But now, if he's in shape, he may not change at all. But he's a giver. He wants to give. He wants to give constantly. <laughs> Next point. Intercourse with a woman. Because I love everybody. I can only teach the truth from the point of love and acceptance. And everybody who knows me, I don't allow anybody to put anybody down with any struggle. I will not allow it. Period, point blank. So don't do it in front of me. I don't care how evangelical you are. I'll tell you how stupid you are. But you cannot have intercourse with a person of the same sex as you. Because there's no production of anything there. There's no possibility of production and we will stand and walk with anybody going through anything without shame, without malice, or telling anybody what's happening. That's our history. And if anyone does that in our church, not just me, the elders, the people who are walking around here, will chastise them and sit them down and say, if that's the way you think about people, this is not the right place for you. And a matter of fact, tell us what you went through before you got right. 
And then we have to admit all of us that none of us right. <laughs> so, intercourse with a woman is a physical sign of a spiritual act. Intercourse with a man and his wife is like God and his bride. He is intimate with his church. He doesn't keep secrets from his church. She is his only wife. And a man needs to have intercourse with his wife because it acts like God. This is the giving of oneself completely to another. And you're the only one I'm going to do this with. I'm not going to do this physically with another woman. I'm not going to do this mentally with another woman. I'm not going to do this emotionally with another woman. All three of me is right here up in this bed or the back seat or in the park. Or <laughs> wherever we're at. Is this church? Are we okay? People are like, hmm, can't believe we're talking about that. People are thinking it, right, Rebecca? Rebecca says, I'm just saying what y'all thinking. Last one. Intercourse with a woman. Okay, y'all. Y'all going to be okay. Y'all y'all read it with me. Intercourse with a woman connects a man's spirit with his soul. And that's different for women. But in the intercourse act, if he's having intercourse with you, he's literally connecting his small s, his spirit, who he is. What is his calling? What's his anointing? He's connecting it to his soul. He is literally making a decision to pass every house, pass 5,000 houses on his way home to you. That's a decision. If he come in smelling because he's been working all day, you can at least tell him, honey, I'm ready for you, but uh, just take a bath. <laughs> This is too much in church. Now his spirit, his soul, and his body becomes one. And there's only one place that happens. With you. He doesn't get a chance to do that anywhere else. Only place he can do it. His spirit. His soul, his body. That's why you're seeing, because I'm even watching ministers who had girlfriends for years. Sorry. Girlfriends. For years that they wouldn't marry. Now they're marrying them. Didn't give her the opportunity to have children with them. Because now they're realizing it was only sex. It wasn't intercourse. They didn't create anything together. Some of the best ideas, brother, you're going to get by connecting your spirit to your wife and praying with her. Honey, let's just pray about this. And then secondly, you're going to share your soul with her. I'm really concerned about this one. We've prayed and we've agreed, but I'm just letting you know, honey, this one scares me a little bit. 
this one has me stretched. This, this one has me nervous. And she can notice that your shoulders are tight and your neck is tight. Your eyes, you are afraid of this. And she says, just go take a shower. Just go take a shower. You come out of the shower, the candle's on, the fireplace is on, and spray some Febreze in the room. <laughs> she done shot on some of that SD law her. And when all that comes together for you after that's over, you're like, wow, my fear is gone. I have no more anxiety. And I feel like we can do this. He needs this. So with that need, and y'all know my question. With that need, now we have to ask ourselves, if my husband needs, Pastor Lil is going to talk about women next week. But if my man in my life needs this, how do I prepare myself for that need? Because it's not just about sex to him. Man, you should at least grunt, clear your throat or something so that <clears throat> if you understand this, mom and dad, you'll understand why your son may struggle with pornography or masturbation. And why he is trying to fulfill a need that none of those things can fulfill. Am I going too long? Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Right. These are the conversations you have to have at your house. You have to talk to your children. Birds and the bees is crap. It's junk. You have to talk to them about really what is happening. And don't wait till they're 12. Because by the time that boy 12 and you just now talking to him. <laughs> okay. So now, what's my question? What's my question? I have two. What are they? Okay, let's do this. Let's go to the last question first. That is the last. No. How do you protect and guard yourself physically and sexually? Now, Christopher McMurray, you ain't married. And you just said you're a real man. That's what you said. Real struggles. Real struggles. Real in the field. You said you're a real man, but you're not married. So how do you, we'll start with you, how do you guard yourself physically and sexually? All right. So at the, I'm going to start with the end first. Just run first. Run. Just Listen, dude. But but the real I think what, what do you what'd you say? Run parameters. Like I'm you know, just forget about trying to strengthen your weaknesses and just move around them. Accept that you have them and then just move around them. You know what I mean? If 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 I know that, you know, I like donuts, why would I purposely go into a bakery and say, I wanna not get the donut? Just 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 go down the street without the bakery. I mean, that's what's on my mind right now is donuts. Y'all talking about sex for the last 15 minutes. I'm just sitting here. So I had to think about something. So I thought about donuts. 
Listen, I'm, sitting, I'm the only single dude sitting on this thing, and I see all these couples. You got Mrs. Wade over here talking about, yes, all the time. And I'm just like, man. You know, I'm like, I had to think about donuts. But, but I think the real thing, no, no, seriously, seriously. For real, it's, it's strengthening my intimacy with, with, with God. And then understanding there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. If you don't, you know, make it, and there you, you put yourself in a position where there's, you have to have willpower and you don't do it, okay. When you're more intimate with God, then it doesn't become, oh man, you just screwed up, buddy. Right. You're no good, you're not worthy, you're not right. It becomes more of God, I really messed up. How do I, I'm intimate with you, I'm, I've let my father down so I don't want to, because it's not that it's not a great thing, it's obviously a gift, it's just a gift that we can't happen to unwrap right now at the current time. And there's, there's some people that want to throw that gift. There's some people you want to go take the gift. You know what I mean? You just got to, you got to run. What, what, what now? Hey. What I, do you mean, what do you mean, what did you say? Kevin, what did he say? I'm a hunter. There, I'm a hunter. I, I am a go-getter. Can I translate? Translate my. So this, <laughs> no, what, what Chris is saying is that there are some gifts that are just freely given, and they just and the gift is tossed the, the donut. The donuts. And if it's freely there, you can freely take it. Listen, some donuts are just sitting about. out. You go into the gas station. Some donuts They've are been just there. sitting out. DMs, then, yeah. Then there's the donuts that you have to go get that's made specifically for you. Then there are the donuts you got to open up. Right. The door and get the donuts, place it in the bag, securely take it to the register. But fam, guess pay what? for the donut. There's first, some donuts you gotta pay then for. Then get the yeah. donut home yeah. and then place the donut in a very nice, clean area. And then there are some donuts <laughs> that you make at home and enjoy by yourself. Some donuts you, you don't right. even make at home. There we so go. you gotta know am I on a diet? I've been consecrating. I'm fasting. Run. I get you, bro. I got you. Um, he called me out. I'm telling the truth. Because, and, and then, you know what? Honestly, though, really protecting myself. That's the most thing is those parameters. You don't even put the parameters up for the not. And? She's right there. And she, knows, and she knows everything about me, don't you, Mom? She knows, what, she knows everything about me. She gave birth. She hold on, hold on. She, your mama talking now. What she saying? What did I do? I'm just, I'm just saying, I stand behind him 100% because we talk about it. I have three grown men. So I know they struggle. And I pray for them. And I say, you know what? If you need something right now because we're all vulnerable, come to me. So then that way, Shanika, whoever, is not sliding up next to you in your moment of vulnerability. So... Let's be accountable so I can help you stand and walk through this so you can get the right person that God intended you to have. So, because we know the difference. What is happening? I don't, I have no idea. She just couldn't sit down on that one. She said okay, so let, let, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. So, the, an, another, another point is, and I'll, being married, there's, there's way too much experience up here for me to talk on marriage in that sense. So I'm going to let you guys. But uh, the word is to, you mentioned to prevent and to guard and protect. 
but as young men, it's impossible for us to protect ourselves with weapons that we've never used. So dads, uncles, cousins, you literally give your, the younger men in your life the swords that they will use to fight off lust. No boy, no young man can create a weapon to protect themselves from lust. We cannot because we have no experience. You men in the room, all the men grunt, you need to tell us the stories of when you first saw pornography. If there was infidelity in the home, don't hide that from us because if God has redeemed you, share with us. This is what it's going to feel like when you see her. This is what it's going to feel like when you have sex for the first time. It's going to be great, but can you produce afterwards? So the biggest thing that has helped myself and what I'm encouraging our younger men in the room is that I cannot protect or guard myself against something I've never experienced. So tell us. Don't lie to your kids and say that sex is from the devil and it's not good. It's absolutely great and it's amazing within the confines of marriage. So these men are going to share because how long have you been married? Eight years, but you're coming from 70 years of experience of being a man. Yeah. How long have you been married? 22. How long have you been married? 23. How long have you been married? 11. 11, right? So the other thing is that if you're married, you cannot get marital counsel from people that have been married at the same level as you. None of my marriage, I do not go to marriage advice for people that are five years above me or that, like, if you've been in, you, you, I, what are you going to share with me? Because my wife needs to talk to a woman that's had some kids. That has went through miscarriage. There's something I can't protect myself or guard myself from something I never experienced. Okay. <clears throat> Quick comments on this one, then we'll finish up. On the last one, the sexual, physical part. Anybody have anything to, huh? I was just, I was going to say two things. Um, I, I, well, I wanted to make it really clear um, for anybody who hasn't had sex yet um, and people that maybe have. Uh, donuts, donuts, donuts. <laughs> Intercourse. Orgasms, whatever. Like, you know, I would say, I, and I, I know this. Um, I just want to say that God's design for marriage is 100 times better than anything else out there. And, and I think you were getting at that. And I think you kind of said it, but I want to just make sure that that young people know that. It is definitely worth the wait. Um, and secondly, um, your, your donut problem doesn't necessarily go away like once you get married. Come on. Because life happens. And like you, you still need your rails that, that you built before. Um, and even create new ones too because there's, there's ways that you can um, duplicate come close to duplicating the excitement that you, you might get. Now, you're might, probably not going to get, like, the affirmations and stuff like that. That's a lot harder to get. But, like, the overall excitement, there's tons of things you can do, do that can duplicate that. And, and good tasting and looking donuts don't fall when you say, I do. That's a lie. Listen, why we get these donuts, dude? Like, I was just an alternative. <laughs> That's all it was. Like, <laughs> but but one thing too, I think guarding guarding it for me, one big thing has been very very uh, paramount is I know that I am going to be a, a husband and a father soon, and you know what, the lifestyle that I'm living now, or would be, or anybody that's getting married when they say I do is not going to stop the struggles that one has. So I need to make sure that you know when I say I do, I can say I do because now we're in a covenant. Right, and there's repercussions 
spiritual repercussions between a covenant and a contract, you know what I mean? And, and Miles Monroe said that basically, if you can't, you know, they, they're saying that if you're, you know, out there doing whatever, blah, 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 and then you get married, then most likely you're still going to be out there doing whatever. So I need to make sure I contain my own yeah, issues now. in it, you know, before and then afterwards. So there's uh, something I wanted to add to what you said real quickly. Uh, there is a verse around running, 1 Corinthians 6 and 18, because God knew that there were certain things we just don't need to fight. Okay, so watch what it says there. It says, flee fornication. Don't walk towards it. Don't go to the donut shop. It says, run away. He gave you feet. Yeah, but you sometimes there's, there's, there's a roadblock in the road, and the shop is right there. Then what you going to do? I, I hear you. Okay, so, so, so let's, let's see what else this verse says. It says that every sin. Okay, guys. I'm trying. It's, it says every sin that a man doeth is without the body, mm. the body. But he that committeth fornication, pornography, adultery, and all these others, sinneth against his own body. Body. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and watch this. Your body, when you're married, is an extension of your wife. It belongs to your wife. It's not even yours. Right. It's, it's not even yours. So, so your sin, it's it affects not, your personal sin is not personal. Yeah. It, it, there, is a, there is a public consequence, especially when you have a person that you are in covenant with. So, so that's one. This, this, the second verse I want to give you is, is Hebrews 13 and 4. And it says that marriage should be honored in all. Single people, married people, unmarried people, unwhole people. It should be married and it should be honored in all. And it says the marriage bed kept pure. Because there's a consequence if you don't do this. The end of that verse says, and God, not an angel, will judge the adulterers and the sexual, the intercourse immoral. Okay, so, we, so we've got to be rooted in the word. Listen, I'll, I'll be transparent. I've struggled with this issue. I have in, in pornography. I get it. I get it. So when I read this word, you can do topical searches in areas that you struggle with and say, you know what? I need that verse. I'm going to put that in my tool, my tool belt. I need that verse. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear that one. I'm gonna, when I have this, when I see this, when I see an image or if I think something, I need to be able to speak to that image what the word says. That's how you overcome and, and then when, but, but when you study that word, it comes, back to, it comes back to visit you. You know, I mean, we would really avoid a lot of challenges and problems if we just listen to the Holy Spirit and ourselves. It's like when you're going to the donut shop or any other place or whatever that you're not supposed to be going, the Holy Spirit always gives you a way out. You know, and it's like sometimes the voice might be subtle. You... And then sometimes it might be loud. Like, why are you going there? Why are you going there? Why are you going there? You know, goodwill ain't about to be just a cuddle. You know, goodwill ain't gonna be. Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be strong. And then by the time you get to the donut shop, you open it up in the donut shop. Hey, you just like, let's screw all that. Let's have a ball. It's over. You know. So, <laughs> pay attention. Listen. I'm just saying. If we just listen. I got you. So, Kevin, you're the oldest and wisest one here. You and Mr. Freddie. We'll. I'll let you close. Mine is short, and married men have temptations, but uh, as our pastors have said, um, if there's something that you're struggling with, tell your spouse, communicate with your spouse. Embarrass the sin before it embarrasses you. There's very practical things to do. Um, that's it. 
embarrass the sin before it embarrasses you. I, I, I was going to say. <laughs> you got one minute. The tempter okay. comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And until you, until I, because I've, I've been around the world, I've been ex-military, I've been around the world. Temptation was crazy. But until I sanctified myself, mm -hmm. God didn't bring me my wife. And when he felt I was ready, she showed up. So you have to shut it down. Rely on God. You go to God. You let God be your strength. He has to be your core, at your core. And now, you see in the kitchen, doing the dishes. <laughs> so, so, for the single men in the room, we're not going to go there again. The Super Bowl is going to be a four-hour event. I have no apologies for you for keeping you a few extra minutes. None. No apologies. Men, this is serious. Men are losing their lives and their families, their fortunes, because they have not addressed this issue. And just for me, I just feel like there ought to be a few men that stand on their feet and say, you know, Pastor, I'm going to pay attention to what was taught today. I'm going to pay attention to this. I'm going to, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to, I got to figure this out. If for, no, if for nothing else, if for no one else, just for me, my own spirit, who am I? My soul. I need to possess my own soul. It needs to be mine that I can share with the people in my life. I'm going to focus on my soul. And men, because of a shift you might make today, it might make some people feel uncomfortable. And there are some ladies in here that are doing the same thing. They're saying, you know what, I got to pay attention to my soul. I really have to look at myself. And I got to get comfortable with myself. I need to pay attention to my body, what I'm doing to it. What am I not doing to my body? that I need to be doing? Is there a wife in my life? I need to be honest with her about my struggle. Because I'm telling you right now, men, your age might change. And as your age changes, your body might change. Your needs might change. But I'm one of those men that will say to you, even as you age, that intercourse with you and your wife is important. And don't believe the stuff people say. You know, it comes a day you and your wife don't even need this. No. Go get something. A shot, a pill, or something. <laughs> so that that intimate place between you and her is preserved. Don't let her wander that far off from you that you're not physically connected to her. You've got to stay connected to her physically. That's where your strength comes from. 
Laying with the right woman makes you bold, strong, powerful. Her womb is the most sacred place on the planet. It's the most powerful place on the planet for you with her. Pay attention to this. I'm begging you to pay attention to this. I'm asking you to just take a few moments out of your day and focus on you. Everybody else will be safer if you do. And if you're waiting for a wife, if you're looking for one, do what I'm encouraging you to do today. Because like Freddie said, when you're ready, she'll show up. Can I pray for you men? I mean, just... <sighs> Will y'all give us three more minutes, please? This is so serious for some of you men. You might just need to, in these next three minutes, just come to the altar and stand or kneel or fall on your face. Just go ahead and do that if you need to, if you need to. If you need to come forward, that's an act for you. You can do that. Otherwise, I'll just pray for you. married to a man up here or a man out in the audience, pray for him. You've got a little boy in your house, pray for them. Mom, let your husband be honest about what he really struggles with. Let him tell you what he's afraid of. Let him leave his worries in your lap. Let your boys be fearless when they talk about they might need help. They might need a counselor. They might need a professional. Your prayers aren't working anymore. They need to sit down and talk with someone who does this as a profession. They're gifted at this. Your son might need that. Father, we stretch out our hands today to you. As men, we stretch out our hands to you. You're the only help we know. We have no other help. We don't know anybody else besides you that can help us. You created me. You created me, who I am, where I am, how I think, how I behave. All of that came from you. And Father, I come to you. Heal my heart, my spirit, my soul, my body. Minister to me. God set Separate me today from the psychosis I've been under for years. Give me teaching that I didn't get in the house with my father or with a mother. Show me who I am. Allow me to be comfortable with the things I'm weak in, things I don't understand, the lacking, the lacking areas of my life. Come on, Mama, pray for your sons. Father, I reach out to you for my boys. 
I reach out to you for my boys. I reach out to you for my boys, my boys in my house. Bless my boys. Cause them to be holy and clean. Protect them from people I can't be with them all the time. Cover their souls. Cover my son's spirit. Cover my husband's spirit as he leaves my house. Walk with him through his day. Father, my husband's 50, he's 60, but emotionally he's still 12. He's still 10 because of trauma he suffered in his life. Heal him. Heal him. Heal him from the bullying as a young boy. Heal him from the suffering of not having a dad around. Heal him from the economic thing. Heal him from the perversions that were around him. Cover him in a supernatural way. Come on, I need somebody to pray just for 60 seconds. I need you to open your mouth just for 60 seconds. Open your mouth, open your mouth and pray. Father, I pray for all the men in my life. I pray for all the men I work with, all the men on my block, all the men in my family. There is no mistake you have made that God can't forgive for. Hold your man up, girl. Hold that man up. Prop him up where he's weak. Cover him where he's not strong. Anybody comes against your man, you tell him there's going to be a fight here. There's going to be a fight you come against my man. There's going to be a fight you come against my son. I'm going to stand for my husband. He's not perfect, but he's mine. In the name of Jesus.